Welcome to the 1000 Days Sober Podcast. My name is Lee Davey. I am not an alcoholic. I refuse to be anonymous. I am someone that doesn't drink alcohol. And I spend every waking moment of my life helping other people do the same. Like right now. Boom! Get in there. Going to talk a little bit about relationships today because it's now Tuesday as I'm recording this. You're going to get this Wednesday or Thursday on Friday. Friday, peeps. We are going to be opening the doors to a wonderful opportunity. 12 days of training on how to embody conscious conflict in your relationships and deepen your connection with yourself and others. 12 days of free training, all right? If you are fed up to the high teeth of fighting with yourself, fighting with your wife, fighting with your husband, fighting with your mom, your dad, fighting with the kids, just fighting with everybody, you need to be in this private group, all right? Private Facebook group, nobody can see what you're posting, only people within your group, and you will get 12 days of training from yours truly on every single one of my screw-ups that I've had in relationships, and I've had plenty of them, all right? Um, So that's why I'm here today, really, to talk about relationships and pimp that up a little bit. But I'm going to give you some value. Uh, This here book, if you can see it on YouTube, is Questions for Couples Journal, 400 Questions to Enjoy, Reflect, and Connect with Your Partner by Maggie Reyes. Get this book. If you really struggle to connect with your partner and you're not really spending that much time sitting down talking and you think that your conversation is a little bit too surface level, get a book like this, pull a question a night, check in, get the candles out, get in a bathtub, squeeze in a bathtub together and ask these questions. You can have a lot of fun. Um, It allows you the gift of opening up and being vulnerable and listening to your partner, learning more about them, but also being able to get something off your chest in a nice, wonderful, comfortable environment, right? So go get it. Maggie Reyes, questions for couples journal. And there's a question and me and Liza answered and Zia, my daughter, and um, I want to read it and this will be the basis of our podcast, right? So the question was, what are the three things you think are important to spend money on? What are the three things you think are important to spend money on? So I said, minor education, training courses, coaching, that kind of stuff. My health, food, what I eat, supplements, uh, testing, that kind of thing. And 1,000 Days Sober, my business, right? This, okay. Um, Liza said health, the kids, so spending money on the kids, and travel, traveling, all right, and uh, having vacations and having experiences. Uh, Zia said um, that she would spend her money on savings uh, in her piggy bank, she would uh, give money to her mum, not me, and uh, she would spend some of her money fighting monsters. So, you know, she's she's really got her uh, priorities really lit, all right? Now, if you think about me and Liza and just put aside uh, Zia's superhero tendencies for one minute, um, me and Liza have something in common, right? We both like to spend money on health. So when it comes to spending money on health, invariably, you're not really going to see too much angst and too much worry and too much concern um, when we're buying food, for example. So, you know, what is health? So for us, uh, we like to have our fruit and vegetables to be organic. Okay. I'm vegan. So I have a lot of different powders and stuff. And and so does Liza because she's like super healthy, right, as well. Um, So we like to spend a lot of money um, on health stuff. We we supplement a lot and spend uh, a small fortune on supplements. 
Um, and we're, we're never really going to fall out of odds on that because, as you see, what are the three things you think are most important to spend money on? Both of us have health, front and center, right? And that's important. And why it's important is money, okay, uh, for most of us, is one of the most uncomfortable things you can talk about in a relationship. It's one of the most uncomfortable things you can talk about anywhere with anybody. Um, it right up there with sex. And the reason I believe that money and sex are so difficult to talk about is because there is so much shame attached and so much shame and so much fear attached to the issue of money. Okay. It's a very complicated matter. Um, you, you wouldn't have, you could have libraries filled with books, uh, on the stuff. Right. Um, and this complication is cultural. It's cultural. Um, it's driven mainly by, uh, capitalism and the institutions that, uh, govern us, uh, via the capitalist system. Uh, and it has roots in our upbringing. Right. So for me, for example, I grew up on a council estate in Reddish. Uh, so I came from a background of lack of being poor, of being, you know, called poor. My teacher, a school teacher, once called me a hobo. And I was so confused. I went home and said to my mom, what's a hobo? She went ballistic. How dare you call my son a tramp, right? So my teacher was calling me a tramp. Uh, that's how working class I was. So I had this mentality that money doesn't grow on trees, uh, which uh, had several um, really damaging connotations to that. One, uh, I decided that when I got of certain age, I would get anything that I ever wanted and I would give my kids anything they ever wanted because I never had anything. So that got me into mountains and mountains of debt, for example. And um, up until recently, my money mindset around wealth and prosperity and my, um, you know, my deserving of great wealth and my deserving of money was so far from abundance, you, you wouldn't believe it. I had a deep, deep, deep groove around scarcity of money that I didn't even realize was as powerfully impinging upon my life uh, until just recently, right? All because when I was younger, we never had, we never had shit, or we certainly didn't have um, in as much as some of the people who were around us, especially when I moved from that council estate to Ogmore Vale, a small mining town, where you think nobody would have any money. Um, but I think, I don't know whether it was because everybody had a nice payoff when they uh, when they finished working in the pits or whatever, or their or the parents just went crazy in credit card debt. But when I grew up in Ogmore Vale, kids had anything they wanted except for me. All right, so I came from background of black. Um, Liza, uh, the opposite, you know, Liza lived in Hollywood. She had a really nice house and, and her dad had a really, really successful tailored business in Beverly Hills. Um, so she had like a different opposite, an opposite, um, uh, mentality about money. Um, but then when she met me, my negative, um, and my scarcity mindset around money and the way that I was around money, um, started to rub off on Liza because of our emotional achievement and because of the way we was in a relationship. Right. Um, and that is an important point to, to touch upon because uh, when in my first marriage, before I met Liza, um, my first wife, we just decided to have joint bank accounts. And the reason we decided to have joint bank accounts is because at the time um, I, earned, I earned most of the money and, um, and had the biggest salary. And my wife's money at the time, was there wasn't enough of it to, to even cover the bills. So it just made sense to just chuck it all in one big pot 
and um, we would pay the money and we'd pay the bills and uh, whatever we had left over, we would kind of share it out. But it never kind of ended up like that. You know, it never really kind of ended up like that. And I never went into that relationship with uh, the mindset that I needed to control all the money, but that actually ended up, that's how it was. And similarly, when me and Liza got married and got into a relationship, the same kind of thing happened. And, you know, the words of Fatima de... Fatima de Moreira de Mello, uh, the gold medal, the Olympic gold medal um, hockey player from Holland, who's also a professional poker player. Uh, when I interviewed her, I asked her about, you know, because she is a very, very um, dominant, very, very confident woman. And I said to her, what can women out there learn from you? Because, you know, I was uh, around a, a lot of women who were really struggling from addi for addiction and in disappointed relationships. I was like, Fatima, what, could, what would you say uh, to help these people? And she said, the first thing I would say is get financial autonomy. Like never rely on a man um, financially, because if you do, you'll be stripped of power uh, and you'll feel like you need him. You'll feel like you need him, not just not, not for love, on connection and companionship, but in a more toxic sense. Like I, I'm in an abusive relationship, but I cannot leave him because I don't have any money or I cannot leave him because he owns his house. Or I cannot leave him because what am I going to do uh, with the car and my staff and all that kind of stuff, right? So, you know, we were talking in 1000 Days Sober this week about that thing, about going into joint bank accounts and then either arguing over the fact that... Uh, X is allowed X amount of money and Y is, a, is, a, is not allowed that much money or um, and there's no autonomy or there is kind of autonomy, but then there's this almost like um, gaslighting or passive aggressiveness that comes out in an eruption of rage when you talk about money. When somebody is um, got a different viewpoint on what to spend it on. All right. So, you know, going back to this list, three things about money. Um, health, me and Liza, oh, good on that, right? But but after that, it gets a bit murky. So let's say we're struggling a little bit. We don't have as much money as we as we would like, right? Um, now we have competing needs, all right? Because I let's say I want to spend some money on a training course for myself, and I need to inject some more money into One Thousand Days Sober to to um, grow our reach on this podcast. But at the same time. Uh, Liza wants to buy um, something for Zia and she wants us to go away on the weekend camping somewhere. Now, all of a sudden, we got a problem because, you know, we got competing needs. So who wins out in that kind of debate? Well, everybody needs to win, right? I'm all about in relationships, the win, win, win scenario. I win, Liza wins and the relationship wins. But how on earth can you get a win-win-win if you don't even talk about it? Like if, if you don't talk about it, you just think to yourself, um, uh, I really want to take this course, but I'm just feeling like I can't do it. This is what I feel like, right? 46 years of age. And um, if I want to take a training course, right? I tell you, right, this this Monday just gone, so it's Tuesday day. This Monday just gone. I just joined um, Elementum coaching training for six months. Cost me 10 grand, right? And there was a time in the past when I would, I would 
never dream of paying 10 grand for a coaching because my, my mindset was that it was a cost. It wasn't an investment. And I certainly would be nervous uh, talking to Liza about wanting to spend that much money. I would get into a very quid pro quo situation. It would be like, oh, well, if I spend 10 grand on the training course, then Liza's got to spend 10 grand on the training course. So this now means we've got 20 grand, so we can't do it. But I would be really nervous about even raising it with her, right? Why? Okay. So what I'm learning, especially through the work of Patricia Love and Steve Stosny and their great book, How to Improve Your Manager Without Talking About It, is how um, conflict between men and women generally revolves around shame and fear. We interrupt your entertainment to bring you a newsflash. This is Lee Davey, and he is telling you that on Friday, the 12th of March, he is opening the doors on a super duper free of charge private Facebook group for 12 days of the most incredible training on how to embody conscious conflict within yourself and those that you love to have beautiful, beautiful relationships. Absolutely fantastic value coming your way. And if you want a part of that, get over to www.1000daysober.com. Go to free stuff and you will be able to sign up for our new relationship secret Bible and at the same time join access to this wonderful Facebook group. Now, without further ado, I shut the hell up and leave you in the capable hands of Lee waffling on a little bit more about money. So men typically um, in conflict situations are triggered by feelings of shame and women are triggered by feelings of fear and anxiety. So when it comes to money, for example, uh, I feel ashamed. Okay. I feel ashamed to ask, not anymore, but I used to feel ashamed to ask Liza if I could go join a course for 10K. That the shame would be, I don't, I don't even have enough to do that. And even more shameful, I'm asking you if I can do it and I can't let you do it because I don't have that much money. I don't. So, so I, it's almost like I'm feeling like I'm selfish. So I'm ashamed that I'm being selfish, that I want to take this training course. Right. And I know that Liza loves to travel. I know that Liza loves to spend money on the kids and, and health and all this kind of stuff. And here I am saying I want to I want to spend 10 grand, five grand, two grand, whatever it is, on myself on a training course. Well, I I do, I, f- I feel ashamed. Like I, I I feel ashamed that um I can't give her everything that she wants. And what happens if we're not operating from a state of abundance and presence and love and compassion and empathy and open-mindedness and open communication, what I say above the line behavior, if we're not doing that then it could lead, and it does to me, uh, to poor boundaries. What does that look like? I end up buying a load of stuff I can't afford to appease or make Liza happy. But of course, that is short-term instant gratification, a desire to get rid of my shame. It's going to incur long-term pain uh, because, you know, it's just going to increase Liza's anxiety because I'm spending more money. Okay, I'm spending more money on shit that probably we don't need to spend it on, right? So think about that as well. Because for the woman, there will be fear around money. Oh, we're not going to have enough. What if we can't buy the food? What if we can't send her to school? What if this? What if that, right? So it's fear and anxiety of um, and feeling insecure around that fear and anxiety, like not, not feeling safe and not feeling financially secure, Whereas the guy's more shame 
around it's my duty. It's my duty to make sure that I earn enough money for all of this uh, this family, right? So it's this shame and this fear dynamic that often, you know, it it can lead to flooding. It can lead to you going through what John Gottman calls the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? He, he talks about you get into a conversation. It starts with a harsh setup, right? So you start out at the gate being rude to each other, and then you go into, like, criticism. Then you go into contempt. Then you go into defensiveness, and then you start stonewalling. And the reason you stonewall is you don't want to be flooded. Flooded means you either just, like, I'm done with this conversation, I'm out of it, or you rage, which then triggers the four horsemen again. Now, I know in my history, when it comes to talking around money, given the shame and secrecy around it and the unwillingness to be vulnerable and just talk about it from a place of loving kindness, always started with a harsh starter, always would end up in a fight, always, okay? Um, Not anymore, not anymore, okay? So I think that the energy tied up in all the shame and fear around money is really toxic for a relationship and it really impinges on your ability to be above the line more often, to be conscious more often, to be more aware and more attentive about what's going on because there's too much drama in your life. I just want you to start thinking like drama is just going to sack the energy out of you. Drama is just going to make sure that you're never where you should be, which is above the line, being present and open-minded and aware about stuff. Okay. Um, And how do you handle when one of you is coming from the energy of abundance and the other one's coming from the energy of scarcity? Well, you need to be talking about it. You need to be using effective communication to explain to the person who you feel is coming from a place of scarcity um, how you're feeling when you're in the midst of that energy and allow that person who is coming from a place of scarcity to explain why they are and what their fears, worries, and concerns are and for you to acknowledge that that is okay and then to find within that container the win-win-win situation, you know? So the way that me and Liza do money these days is we know that it could be a combustible topic because of our fear, anxiety, and shame. So now when we go to talk about money, it's, hey, we're going to talk about money tonight. So we know we need to set an intention, right? We know we need to look at each other in the eyes and tell each other how much we love each other. We need to have a little giggle. We need to have a great big squeezy hug and a kiss, all right? We need to set an intention. And one of the things that we like to do is say, arigato money. So every time we're talking about a big bill, I say there's like a 10 grand bill for a training course or whatever, right? It's like, arigato 10 grand. Or we get a, we have to pay our rent, right? Arigato rent money. And we have a little giggle about it and a little bit of a laugh, you know? And I think that is really, really important. So in summary, when it comes to money, talk about it. Talk about it. Find a way in your everyday life that talking about money is a part of your relationship. So there are no surprises, you know, that you feel confident that when you want to buy something like a jumper for yourself or something, that you feel confident that it's okay. That it's okay. That you are joined up in the usness of your relationship when it comes to money. Okay. Um, Find a way to get competing needs met. 
All right. So if uh, you want to buy X and your wife wants to buy Y, how are you going to make that happen? Right. How are you going to make it happen? How are you going to make it happen so you both get what you need, both get what you want? And especially if, you know, you, you might not even, you might think that the things that your partner's buying is a load of tosh. I don't really go much into buying clothes, right? So if Liza went out and spent a thousand pounds on clothes or whatever, I might be like, what a waste of fucking money. I could have spent a thousand pounds on books. But the point is, we need to respect that that is what makes that other person happy. And if that makes that other person happy, then I can have that in our relationship and I can respect that. Because in a relationship, we have to we have to just acknowledge that we have different needs. And we need to allow those needs to exist unless, A, they violate our safety and, B, they violate our integrity in a big way. It doesn't violate my integrity if Liza goes out and buys a lot of clothes at all, right? Thirdly, financial autonomy, really, really important. Okay, so if one of you is in the relationship that's earning all the money and the other one's in a relationship that isn't earning all the money, I think there needs to be X amount of money that's going into savings, X amount of money that is paying your debt, X amount of money that is paying the bills. What have we got left over? That's a 50-50 split, right? None of this bullshit about I'm working so I need more than you and all that crap, right? I'm just going to give you some spending money. 50-50 split, all right? I got grand left over. There's 500 to you. I got 500. Buy, buy what the hell you want out of it, right? So financial autonomy, really, really important. Have respect for your partner. Have respect for your partner and uh, make sure that they are a joint decision maker in, in every decision. Like when you're doing your will, jointly. When you're looking at health insurance, jointly. When you're looking at life insurance, jointly. Savings, jointly. Investment, jointly. You know, if they don't want to be, if they don't want to be into it, they're not bothered about it, just let them know what's going on. You know, um, set energetic set points together. Now, Amanda Francis, who wrote the book Rich as Fuck, she's been a podcast guest. It's coming up in a couple of weeks' time. You'll get a lot out of it for sure. She believes in setting energetic set points, you know, like a minimum that you want in your bank account and a maximum that you want in your bank account and set that intention to the universe. But before you put it out to the universe that that's what you want, set the intention as a partnership, as a partnership. You know, I go running around until recently. I was running around... Los Angeles saying, uh, money, money is coming my way. Money, money is here to stay. Enough for me, enough for you. Enough for Liza, Zia, and Jew too. Enough to ensure that a minimum of £15,000 drops into my bank account every month. That was my energetic set point for a while. I'm now ready to crank that up to 30 k right? So I'm saying to the universe, I'm saying I am ready to, ex- I'm ready to receive. Me and Liza are ready to receive £30,000 a month. Thank you. We're ready. We're going to do good stuff with it. Bring it on, right? Like, I'll fucking take it. I know it's here now. It's here. Just waiting for me to reach out and grab it. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm coming from a really great place. Now, set those energetic set points, but set them together. And then say to yourself, when do we think we are ready to move up to the next energetic set point and the next energetic set point? And that thought process, right, around like setting an intention to the universe that this is how much we want, that is going to trigger in your subconscious and in your conscious mind, right, a plan of how you're going to freaking do that, right? Like you don't, like here's the thing, don't get too lost in the how because if you get lost too much in the how, you won't be able to see the woods for the trees and you won't be able to find the solution to your problem. So there is a there is an element of this of just like, 
giving it up to the universe, releasing control, and just saying, I'm ready to receive it. I'm ready to receive it, and I'm open to um, listening to, feeling, touching, tasting, or um, uh, reading or seeing the signs that you're going to give me that is going to lead me to this money, right? Don't get too much caught up in the how. But at the same time, you know, as you start to see the signs and as you start to think to yourself, all right, okay, this is what we're going to do to um, get this money to turn up, all right, to turn up. Really, really important stuff. Okay, so there's my little waffle about money in relationships. If you want to learn more about relationships and how you can navigate conflict consciously, especially around money, come and join us on Friday. We will be uh, opening our 12-day workshop free of charge over at Facebook. Absolutely bucket loads of value. Great community. We always have great community in these things. So come over, we'll have a great community. You'll learn a lot, share a lot. You'll be able to offload a lot as well. So take care. Thanks. Thanks.